Great, guys. It's such a, a privilege and a pleasure to be with you. Um, and um, thank you, the band as well. It's just, it's just great to be able to worship. And it's amazing just to gather face-to-face in, in, a, in a physical space. It's just a real privilege. And um, thank you for the warm welcome last night. A welcome if, you've, if you're joining us for the, um, having traveled in this morning. And if you're watching online as well. I'm told that some people might be watching online. So um, uh, welcome. So I remember, um, I remember feeling God's presence as a teenager, okay? I was, um, I was 18, 18, 19, and I got to the first ever Soul Survivor Festival. Has anyone been to Soul Survivor? Yeah? Oh, okay. You can tell if you, if they, if you go to Soul Survivor, they teach you to whoop. <laughs> okay. So... Um, I went to the first ever Soul Survivor Festival, and there was like thousands of us in this great big warehouse. And I remember just just singing, like just like we were singing then, and singing, and then singing again, and then singing again. And uh, I just I had never experienced anything quite like it. And it it felt I I run out of words really. It felt like the air was on fire. It was like I just felt like oh, there's something here. I can't explain it. And I would close my eyes, and instead of getting darker, it kind of got lighter. Because I just, I just felt that God's presence was in the room. Have you ever felt like that? that there's a sense of God's presence with you in, in, in some way, and you can, you can feel it. And Francis, you were asking me about it last night. You know, each of us maybe responds to that slightly differently. Um, and then, then I came out of the warehouse, and I was like whoa, this is weird, because <laughs> we've just been praising God, and it was like, wow, God is here, and now I've stepped out of the warehouse, and I'm like, no, just here, went back in the world, <laughs> and that was really odd, have you ever had that experience, and, and, and then I came home, and I was like, <laughs> I had the post-festival blues, and, and I just, everything was just so ordinary, and normal, and kind of gray, and Right. I don't know. I felt God's presence. And, and then now what's, how does this work? Where is, where is God? I felt like uh, one uh, atheist scientist put it once, alone in the unfeeling immensity of the universe. I felt like, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just, just the world, but where is God? And, uh, and as Steve was saying, you know, we're, we've, you know, t- t- two years ago, as a, as a church, this sense that, you know, being able to gather here and a sense of God's presence, and then, and then two years of, of kind of wilderness of one kind or other. And so it, that's, as I was sharing last night, you know, what do we do about the presence of God? Uh, so I decided, as you know, if you're those who did last night, I decided to search for the presence of God. I decided to research it um, and... Um, and I sat myself to study God's presence uh, in, 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 like, not all of it, not everything about it, but just particular things about, about how, the, how some of this works. And, and for 10 years, I was studying this. It was like searching for the lost gold of El Dorado. <laughs> it's like, I'm going I'm to search after the presence of God. How does it, how does it work? And um, I was thinking like this, okay? <laughs> Forgive me. I am real. <laughs> you are real. We are real. Is God real? 
Yeah, that's, that's the way I was thinking, okay? Because I know what's real. I know it's real. We're real. This is reality. Is God real or is God like a floating, <laughs> like, a, you know, a fantasy? Like, is God, what was, is, is, that was my question. I am real. You are real. Is God real? Okay? Is there room for the presence of God in the world? That was my question. And what I realized was, I had the wrong question. I had the wrong question. Okay? Here it is. God is real. God is real. God is reality. God is the foundation of all reality. You and I, the Bible says, we are a mist. We're a mist. We're like, we're like the grass. We're like the grass in my garden. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. Yeah? That's what the Bible says. It says, God is real. That's the, that I, I had started the wrong way around. I thought that I was real, and I wanted to know if God was also kind of real a bit like me. I didn't realize God is real. If you wish, you can become real. And God will give you the gift of sharing in his reality. That's how it works. That's how it works. God is real. And we become real in him. So I had my, I had my question the wrong way around. Uh, and because God is real, and here's the thing I really want to think about this morning with you. Because God is real, because God is the foundation of all reality, then there is nothing God cannot fill with his presence. There is nothing God cannot fill with his presence. That's what I'd love for us to think about together this morning. Uh, and if ever, if ever we needed that truth, that God is bigger, that God is more real, that God is more capable than we know it is now, at this time, we need to know this. And, um, yeah, so just to say, I've, so I've got a little bit of time with you this, this morning. Some of you might join in a seminar this afternoon with Q&A, and then, and then we'll spend a bit of time tomorrow morning as well. Um, I've not really come here to teach you things you already know, okay? I, I, I can see that you're a church that loves to worship God and sing, sing songs of worship, and in those songs, you, you, you meet with God. I've not come here to teach you more about what you already know. What I've come is to help us just reflect on how big this is. How big this gets. How real God is. And, and maybe to maybe think about presence in, in new ways or in, in larger ways or just to see how it all fits together. Because what I'd love for us to know this morning is that this, the universe is not a cold and empty place. And you are not a million miles away from God. But there is nothing his presence cannot fill. And no matter how far away it feels, no matter how difficult, as we've been praying already and singing already, no matter how difficult it feels, there is no part of your life that God, God cannot fill with his presence. And that's what I want us just to... Uh, to think about this morning. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. 
There you go. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so what I want to do is I want to look with you um, at, the, at the scriptures for a bit about the story of God's presence. And I want to think about how this affects uh, uh, how we see the, the whole of creation and how we think about our own lives. That's what I'd love, uh, I'd love to do. So, um, so let's do that. Let's think about the story of presence, the story of presence. Um, the Bible is the story of presence. It's a book all about presence. It begins with presence and it ends with presence. So the Bible begins with this, with this kind of like, it's like a distant memory. It's like God used to be with us. Like it shouldn't be like this. It's this sense of presence has been lost. So the Bible begins with this, with this distant memory of God walking in a garden with us. So it begins with presence. And if you follow it through, Revelation chapter 22, the Bible ends with presence. Now the dwelling of God is with his people. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And they won't even need a temple because God will be with them and they will see his face. So the Bible begins and ends with presence. We have been made for the presence of God. We've been made to know God, to recognize God, to encounter God. And this world has been made to carry the presence of God. So that in the world we might meet with God. That's what creation is for. That's what it was made for in the beginning. That's what it's headed for in the end, to carry the presence of God. And so the Bible carries this hope of presence all the way through. But what you see in the early bits of the scriptures is little glimpses of presence, like flashes of light. So you have Abraham, and he sat in the entrance to his tent. And then these three people come, and presence happens. Presence happens. God appeared to Abraham. The Lord appeared to Abraham. And it's, it's through people. It's through messengers, which is interesting. And it's this it's a little glimpse of presence. And then you have, for instance, Jacob. We were thinking about Jacob earlier, wrestling with God. And Jacob also went to Bethel. And he, and he lies down. He has, a, he has a dream. And in the dream, he sees angels descending and ascending, going, going down, coming up, and, and in presence happens. But it's different. It's through a dream. It's this little glimpse of presence. And then Moses goes out into the, into the wilderness where he's looking after sheep, and he sees this bush, and it's being, it's being burnt up. It's on fire, but it's not burning up. It's still a bush. And, and it's different and presence happens. And so you get these glimpses of presence. Like God is saying, that they're like kind of footprints. Like marks of God's presence in the world. He's, he's God saying like, this, this is going to be a sign. And this, this is going to carry my presence. And look, here's a sign of my presence. And that's how the, the Old Testament unfolds. as kind of glimpses of presence. 
But there's a question in this. is If God is present and wants to be with us, when is he going to settle down? And so what this story in some ways leads towards is the temple. The temple is the place in the Old Testament where the presence of God is gathered and settles. It settles down. It's God's home with his people. It's a piece of earth which is open to heaven where you can come and you can bring an offering. And you can bring yourself and and you can give it to the priest. and, And you know that through that you are meeting with God. And uh, and here's how it works. If we could just have this picture up of the temple. Um, here we go. So the temple is this place of the glory of God. Like God's shining greatness, God's holiness, God's purity. I'm sorry if you can't see these words. They're a bit fuzzy, aren't they? Um, it's a place of blessing. If you want the blessing of God, if you've been healed and you need to get it you know, checked and confirmed, or if you're seeking the healing and the blessing of God, then you go to the temple. It's a place of purity, forgiveness, and presence. And all you had to do was go to the temple. So you get some of the Psalms talk about this. You know, when can I go and meet with you? I just want to go. There's a whole set of Psalms called the Psalms of Ascent, which are all about, like, I'm so excited that I get to go to the temple because I'm going to go to that place where the presence is, where the holiness and the blessing of God is. I'm, I'm so, I can't wait. When can I go before you? I want to enter your courts with thanksgiving. It's, it's amazing that God is in this place. It's amazing, but there's a problem with it. What's the problem with it? What's that? No doors. Well, uh, what? You mean this image? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a cutaway. Let's call it a cutaway. But I am interested in this. What is the problem with it? It's just in one place. Anything else? Restricted access. It's in one place, and there is restricted access. If we have the next slide, please. It absolutely restricted access. That's correct. If you are a Gentile, probably most people in this room, if not everybody, you're not allowed in. The map here is is, um, is Herod's temple, but we could have taken um, one of the earlier temples. Um, If you're a Gentile, no access. If you have a disability, I'll come back to this, no access. If you're a woman, no access beyond a certain point. If you're, you need to be a priest to be able to be part of the offerings, and you need to be the high priest to enter the Holy of Holies. Um, if we have the next, next slide, you, you see this incredible, uh, interesting quote from um, sort of the, some of the ancient literature called um, the, the Mishnah. All are subject to the command to appear before the Lord, except, um, a, 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 and please excuse the language, but it's, it's an ancient source, except a deaf mute, an imbecile, a child, one of doubtful sex, one of double sex, women, slaves that have not been freed, a man who is lame or blind or sick or aged, and one that cannot go up on his feet. I mean, that's about who's, accept, who's exempted from the command to go up to Jerusalem. But it also gives you a little glimpse that actually there were people who were not allowed access. And now, it, so in the Old Testament, even the, 
Even the poets and the prophets knew that this was not everything that, as it should be. They knew that God is bigger than this. God does not just live in a house made by human hands. They knew that. And the prophets also knew that it's not enough just to sing songs and talk about God is with us and isn't it great. There has to be justice. There has to be, it has to work its way out in the world. So there's this sense that the people of God have glimpsed his presence and they've known his presence settled with them in the temple, but something's not right. And anyway, the temple is destroyed by the Babylonians and it's rebuilt. And even when it's rebuilt, it just doesn't feel like it's carrying all the, the promise that should be associated with the presence of God. So there's a problem of presence. What what happens when the people who carry the presence of God, what happens when they cannot access that presence and when it doesn't bring healing and justice to the nations? And what happens is Jesus. Jesus is the answer to the problem of presence. Jesus is where this goes next. And so you get in the Gospels, this amazing thing happens to presence, okay? Because Jesus is that presence, which is why Matthew says he is Emmanuel, God with us. This is presence, but presence like you've never seen it. So Jesus is in a house, for instance, and he's teaching, and then suddenly the roof starts breaking apart. And these friends are lowering down this man who's paralyzed. And then Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. It's forgiveness. It's temple stuff. He starts to do temple stuff outside the temple. And he's like, in case there's any confusion here, and if you just wanted me to clarify, take up your mat and walk. <laughs> there's healing. There's forgiveness, and this is shocking, and it's happening outside. It's happening in some random house which is currently being dismantled, and it's the, it's the business of the temple. And Jesus, he goes to a dinner uh, at someone's house, and this woman comes in, and she starts weeping, and she starts washing his feet with her tears, and she brings, a, she brings an offering. She brings her offering, and she pours out her offering, it's temple stuff. And he says to her, not only your sins are forgiven, he says, go in peace, which is like the blessing of a priest. Go in peace. It's like the temple has just exploded everywhere. It's just erupted into any house, into any place. This, this guy just comes up and throws himself at his feet. Says, he's got leprosy. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus has compassion on him. He says, I am willing. Be clean. Do you see what's happening? You see, everything that the temple had, that the power and the presence and the blessing and the glory of God is now in the human body of Jesus Christ, traveling along and meeting people at their point of need as a gift of grace to God's shattered people. And it's all happening through Jesus. 
It's all happening to him. And look who's getting in on it. The lame, the blind, women, Gentiles. No matter who was excluded in Jesus, there's an open door. And that's what's happening in the Gospels. This is absolutely earth-shattering stuff. Uh, so I just want to give you an example. How can we get our heads around this? Uh, so I want to think of a modern example for this. Uh, so um, does anybody remember? Um, does anybody remember this kind of sound? Um, please excuse me. I'm going to do my best. Some people are getting this. Some of you, maybe not getting this. <laughs> I want to, could you, could, could we play the, do we have the thing? I don't know if we can do this. Okay. 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 So just keep it running for a little bit. I think we can live with it before we, uh, we go mad. So basically, when I was a kid, you'd have like a cassette tape. And you'd put it in, this thing, and it would play the cassette tape. And, and it would do this, right? And you'd have the computer and the cassette tape. And the computer. And you'd get a game on your computer. Right? Who understands what I'm talking about? Who doesn't understand what I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's what it was like, okay? Right. Humor me for a minute. Um, could you point... Where is the information, the computer information? Could you point to it? Where's the information? You got it? It's on the tape. And then when we play it, we go... And that's the computer. Where does the information go? You point to it? It goes to the computer, right? Yeah, okay. This is undergraduate computer studies going on here. Okay, and then, and then we had these at Ethernet cables. Something with Ethernet cable. So I need to get a. I need to plug in. No, I need to plug in. I need to plug in here. And then now, of course, you know where this is going, right? We're like, oh, I got Wi-Fi. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Where's the information? Point to it. <laughs> it's everywhere, <laughs> right? Um, except it's not, except is it everywhere because have I got a signal and like can I afford it and blah, 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 da, 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 da. It's not perfect, right? It, Wi-Fi has nothing on the presence of God of Jesus Christ because what was once in one place, right? It was in one place. You had to go to it. You had to say, well, if you're lucky, you're in the right place. Jesus makes the presence of God available outside every kind of boundary or wall you might put around it. He makes the presence of God fully available. Because in Jesus Christ, God puts his presence. He himself becomes present in humanity as a human being. And he fills humanity with his presence in the human life of Jesus Christ. In him, all the fullness of deity dwells, as it says in Colossians. That's what it means, that God has placed the fullness of his presence in humanity, 
in the person of Jesus Christ. And so now, church, the most amazing thing, there is nothing God cannot fill with his presence because of Jesus Christ. Because God has filled Jesus with his presence. And so the presence of God is not something that you have to go to the right place at the right time. Just, I wonder if I can get the presence of God. And the presence of God isn't something that, oh, if only I was a different kind of person. If only I wasn't this person, but a different person. If only I wasn't a woman, but a man. If only I wasn't a Gentile, but a Jew. If only I were able-bodied. If only, if only. It's not like that. The presence of God is freely and fully and absolutely available to you. Because God loves you so much that he put his presence in Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, he is fully available to you. And there is no place in your life, no hurt, no disappointment, no bitterness, no regret, no deep dream or hope or longing that God can't fill with his presence. The great Saint Augustine said, God, you are, uh, if I can, I'm not very good at Latin at all. Interior intimo mio, you are closer to me than my inmost being. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of the presence of God. And I just find that amazing. Absolutely amazing. That God wants to bring his healing and his blessing and his forgiveness and his purity and his promise and his glory into each one of us. All the way down to the very roots of who we are, to the very bottom of your toes, to the top of your head. He fills us with his fullness. And I want you to know why that is. Let's just follow this down one more level. Why is that? It's because of the cross. It's because God filled a human life with his presence, Jesus Christ. But he also filled a human death with his presence. And there is no place of darkness, no place of God-forsakenness to which God was not willing to go. In Jesus Christ, God entered into life, but he also entered into death. He also entered into suffering. He also entered into betrayal. He also entered into despair. And he also entered into hell so that there would be no place where his presence cannot go. There is nothing that God cannot fill with his presence. And that is because of Jesus Christ. I was asked, Francis, you asked me Netflix or BBC, but you you neglected to mention Disney Plus. (laughs) What's that about? Are you not a fan of The Mandalorian? <laughs> anyway, so if you've got Disney Plus or you can get this done some other way, could we have the next, like, the, the Rescue? Has anybody watched The Rescue? Oh, my word. There's like, okay, it's, it's me and you. <laughs> okay, good. Do you enjoy it? Oh, thank goodness you said that. <laughs> it was good, okay? So do you remember, if we have the next one up, do you remember there was a, a football team in Thailand, a young football team? Do you remember this? And they were like, they said, hey, let's go and play in the local caves, which apparently is a thing. So they did. So they went to play in the local caves. They went to play in the caves. Oh, let's go deep inside the cave. And the rains came down. And they got trapped inside the cave. Like this. And they were in there. Oh, goodness, I didn't check. It's like they were in there, uh, like 
One day, two days, three, seven days, eight days, no food. And uh, if we have the, let's bring them, bring them up in. This is where they were. They were, they were four kilometers into the caves. Flooded under channel after channel after channel. Uh, one of the divers died trying to reach them. And we were all praying, weren't we? We were praying for these guys. Like, it's too late. Surely it's too late. They were trying to stop the water. The, the, the rains were coming. They were trying to stop the rains. They were trying to divert the rains from the mountain so the rains wouldn't come down and fill it up even more. Anyway, these divers went and they, and they swam to them and they found them. They found them alive, which is where that previous picture was. And then if we just have the next one up there, they find them. These, these, these guys, they, they find them and they say, um, believe, believe. And then they have to go. They, 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 they say, look, we, we know you're here. And then they have to go. So they go and they come back and they, 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 they swim out to them again. They dive out to them again. And this time they bring uh, this guy called Dr. Back, which is the guy up on the top right. And he says the most amazing. So he, he, he goes out there. And in order to get out there, he's not as good as the pro divers. Like the pro divers, they've got all this great stuff. He's, he's, he's not quite as good. So by the time he's got there, he's out of oxygen. So he's got nothing to get back. So he's in this cave with them. It's cost him everything, if you like. And he says to them, I will be with you until the end. Yeah, All of you will come out of here before I do. I said, that's the most amazing thing. It's the most amazing thing. And I'm watching, I'm like, this is Jesus. This is what he has done. He has, he has brought the presence of God. And he has come to where we are trapped and stuck and lost. And he has come down and it cost him everything. And he poured out his life on the cross. So that he could say, I am with you till the end. And I'm here until, until, until it's all finished. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. That is what God has done in Jesus Christ. Now, I know you guys as a church, you're now apparently experts on the book of Ephesians. I've been told you've had like a, like a series of, of like talks on Ephesians. So, you're so, so I just want to share with you one verse on this. I, I barely need to talk with you about the script. And I, I hope this is like biblical enough. I've been trying to be in the Bible. But like, you're very good as a church at like reading long bits of scripture. I'm very impressed. I'm really impressed. It's like Steve's like, I'm just going to take you through Isaiah 54, 55. I'm like, oh, it's very deep. And then Anglica this morning, she's like, okay, here's, I'm going to just read a whole psalm. Here you go. And I'm just going to read a bit more as well. And then the worship. I love that. So I'm just going to give you like just bits and bats and just like adding, adding a little touch here, touch there. But um, here's an amazing verse. I've never heard this verse preached on, actually. I don't think people get a bit like, kind of, whoa, what's this about? But this is what I'm talking about. This, this is it. He who descended is the very one who ascended in order to fill the whole universe. This is what I'm saying. He who descended is Jesus. He descended. He became one with us. And, and on the cross and in the sufferings of the cross, he descended to the lowest point and as we say in the creed, he descended into hell. And he also ascended. God raised him up from the dead and seated him in the highest place. 
so that he might fill all things. So there isn't a single thing that he can't fill with his presence because he has been there. He has been there. He has planted the presence of God in our darkness and in our sin and in hell itself so that he might ascend and then fill all things. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that just absolutely amazing? And that is why the presence of God is freely available, folks. That is why we can have full confidence that there isn't a single bit of our lives that he can't absolutely suffuse, absolutely drench, absolutely fill with his presence because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he who descended also ascended precisely so that he might fill all things, and that includes you. In fact, we are the first fruits. We are the first bit of the all things that he determines to fill. But make no mistake, his intention is to fill all things. That's where this is headed. Because there is nothing God cannot fill with his presence. I just think that's so wonderful. I just like... (laughs) I, I mean, I have a couple of quick, uh, like, so what? Okay, so what? I need to do a couple of so what's, but I just wanted you to get that because that is, like, more important than anything. But I guess if there's a couple of so what's, um, I think that changes things. <laughs> I hope it changes everything. But I think it changes a couple of things in particular. Um, I think it changes the way we see the world. I think it changes the way we see creation. Yeah? Because I somehow grew up feeling that maybe the world was a cold and empty place. And if I wanted the presence of God, I had to do the right thing, go to the right place. And it is true that it matters that we kind of gather as church. We will talk about this tomorrow. It matters that we, we come to confess Jesus Christ and believe in him and, get, and say, come and fill me. That matters. But I don't think I realized his intention to fill all things. I didn't know about that. I didn't, I didn't know what to make of it. And so we can sometimes feel that God has to kind of invade the world, invade the world in order to be present. But that is not what the gospel tells us. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Paul goes to Athens, uh, famously Acts chapter 17, Paul goes to Athens, and they've got all these temples everywhere, and he's like, God does not live in temples. (laughs) But here's the thing, he doesn't say God doesn't live in temples because he's ever so far away, ever so far away, or maybe just a few people have him hidden in their hearts if you join the club. That is not what he says. He says... If we could have this up, he says, um, he says, you know, he starts quoting their poets and philosophers. He says, in him. Do you know, this is actually in him. It's actually, I was studying this. It's in Zeus. <laughs> in Zeus. <laughs> Man, just another story. But in him, we live and move and have our being. So I'll tell you why the temples aren't working for you folks. It's because... The whole of creation was made to be filled with his glory. And you know what? Even your poets and your philosophers, you know, they're not actually that wrong on this point. That's how present he is. That's how open the world is to his glory. He is not far from each one of us. 
oh, there was um, the early ch- in the early church, they faced a, a heresy called the Gnostics. You may have heard about the Gnostics. Occasionally, sort of preachers talk about them when they have something to say and say, oh, the Gnostics. I was like, ah, oh, the Gnostics. The Gnostics were like a, a group that wanted to escape from the universe, basically. They wanted to escape from physical life, created life, and they felt that God's job was to break us out of the universe because the universe is a bad and a dark and a cold and an empty place. And they were opposed by Irenaeus, for instance, Irenaeus of Lyon. And Irenaeus said, that is not the gospel. The gospel is not escape from the world. The gospel is that the love of God fills, fills the world. And in Jesus Christ, God filled humanity with his presence. And you know what we do as Christians? We get bread and wine and we say, these elements of creation are filled with the presence of God. And so we're not going to follow you Gnostics. What Irenaeus said is creation can carry God. That's what it was made for at the beginning. It was made to carry the presence of God. That's what it's destined for at the end, to be filled with the presence of God. So we take bread and wine and we say, yep, it carries the presence of God. Don't ask me how, but I'm telling you, it carries the presence of God. So it changes the way we see creation. Has anyone experienced the environment differently in the last couple of years because of lockdown? Just a show of hands. Who says, yeah, you know, you've gone for walks differently. You've just seen. Has, have you felt God in that? You felt God in that, right? That we've been learning as a church to recognize God in creation because his presence is not restricted to the walls that we put around it. God is active. And I know as a church, you're taking this more seriously as, as your, your environmental role. So we can see the presence of God in creation. Uh, if we could have the photo up. I don't know if anyone mentioned. Does anyone recognize this? Yeah, I was driving here and Jonah said, Dad, I've just taken the most awesome photo. <laughs> like, this is where we are, folks. And there's this great poet, Gerard Manley Hopkins. You may know the poem. He says this. He says, the world, if we put this up, uh, yeah, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. It will flame out like shining from shook foil. It gathers to a greatness like the oil, uh, ooze of oil crushed. This is the world we live in. And when you take time this afternoon and you go for a walk or you're making felt shapes or I, don't know, I think Fran's going to go around, you're going to, Fran says you're going to go around each of the craft activities. That's what she said to me. She's going to go and she's going to excel in each of them. And um, when, you, when you just, you walk out and you just see the sky, you're like, God, what do we say in communion? We get the bread and the wine and we say, heaven and earth are full of your glory. They're full of your glory. Now come and restore your creation because we see that it is broken and we see that it's tainted and we see that it's marred by sin, but but we proclaim heaven and earth are full of your glory. And that's what it means to live in creation as a follower of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Open our eyes, Lord, to see the fullness of your glory. Okay, I just want to throw out one other thing. So does that make sense? It changes the way we see creation. It is not cold and empty, but every single created thing can be a sign of the presence of God. 
It's like sacred materials from which temples can be built, in which the presence of God can come to dwell. And you and I are the leaders of that whole thing. Okay, I have one other thing to say, if you would. Is that all right if I just do one more thing? What does this mean? Okay, this is really sort of a, a, a big thing. Um, there is nothing God's presence can't fill. And, and all of creation is made to be filled with his presence. But you have been given responsibility for a particular part of creation. Your body. You. You are the bit of creation that you are responsible for that can be filled with the presence of God. And I sometimes feel that in our theology, we kind of feel like we get in the way of God. And I said to Anglicus, who's very, very, very graceful to me, I said, when you pray for me before I speak, please don't pray a certain way because it can be very embarrassing. I don't mind, actually. God doesn't care. But I, I, just, I just don't want to set you up for an embarrassing situation because sometimes like, you work really hard on a talk. Like, I tell you, you work really hard on talk. You're like, dun, 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 write it, write it, write it. Oh, I'm working so hard. And you get there, and you say, I've come to do my talk. I've been, I've been praying about this. And say, let me pray for you. I said, oh, that's great. I mean, I've been praying all week. But, like, pray for me again. That's fine. You know, I'd pray for these guys. <laughs> I'd pray for the heroes. But anyway, you pray for me. Fine, pray for me again. And they say, Lord, let it not be Mark's words. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, bother. <laughs> I've only gone and bought my words. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've got. I've got words. I mean, I've been working on these words for like weeks. I've been working on these words for months. And it's like, Lord, let it not be Mark. We don't want to hear Mark's words. Lord, let less of Mark. Less of Mark. I'm like, you wanted me to come. You asked me to come. And now you, you sent me away. You don't want my words. I'm going to take my words. I'm going to take my words somewhere else. <laughs> but we don't want to hear Mark's words, though. We just want to hear your words. Oh, man, have we learned nothing? God's plan is not to destroy humanity, but to fill it with his presence. God's job, God's plan is not to replace you, but to redeem you. So that your, your life and your body and your mind and your words would be filled with the presence of God. Would be suffused with light. So that's why in Peter, it doesn't say it's in the scriptures, I have to say. That's not how they pray in the scriptures. He says, let the one who speaks, speaks as speaking the words of God. It's you speaking, but it's God speaking through you. Paul says to the Corinthians, as though God himself were making his appeal through us. God is appealing to you. He's speaking to you. He is indwelling you. And it's your words. And that's okay. You don't have to get rid of yourself to make space for God. You offer yourself and say, Lord, fill me. God doesn't fill us like a, a flood, like a room is flooded with water and all the chairs are washed out and all the peoples are washed out. He doesn't fill us like that. He fills us like a room is flooded with light. And you open up the window and suddenly everything begins to shine. That's how God fills us. He fills you as who you are because he made you to carry his presence like nobody else carries his presence. Which means that if you meet somebody else, they carry God's presence like nobody else carries God's presence. Isn't that amazing? So we've got like an, an, a network, a gathering of presence carriers here in this room. 
And only you can carry God's presence the way that you carry God's presence. I just think that's absolutely awesome. Uh, so in order to land this, so, so how does this happen? Very, very briefly, we need to land this. Um, how? Are we, not only are we going to think about this more tomorrow, but we've got Jill Weber coming tomorrow, which is going to be amazing um, from 24-7 prayer. But the, the simple answer to how is, is we just need to ask. We just need to ask. We say, Lord, come and fill me. Jesus said, if you want the Holy Spirit, you have to ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Knock, the door will be open. Seek, you'll find. Ask. Ask God, but don't, I think some of us, though, don't, don't just be like going around with the old cassette tape. Like, it has to happen to me like it happened 15 years ago, Lord. <laughs> it has to happen to me like it happened to them. God is so much bigger than that. God is so much bigger than that. And don't feel lost. Don't feel like, oh, I, I can't connect with God's presence. Like, it never works for me. <laughs> it never works for me. I don't, don't know where to plug it in. Do you know, God can fill you in a way that is unique to you because that is his delight. You are his delight, and he delights to fill you in a way which is unique to you. I think that's the most wonderful thing. Um, so then we practice. We can practice the presence of God. We practice saying, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Let me see your presence in people, in creation, in joy and love and peace. Let me see your presence. It's a practice. You don't just do it once. You have to practice saying, God, I want to see your presence. I want to be filled with your presence. Show me your presence in the world. Do you know the most amazing thing that happened to me in St. Nick's Church when I was a student in 1993? And I went out, and I don't know if anybody ever met him. There was a guy called Kevin who was outside, who was homeless. And is he still there? Because um, I got into a... Th I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to convert you and talk to you about Jesus. That didn't go down well. <laughs> and, uh, but he did want me to take him to McDonald's. And... Um, and he said, he said, you, you, like you're 18 going on 12, he said to me. He's very perceptive. He said, you need to go and read uh, The Death of Ivan Ilyich by Leo Tolstoy. I thought, oh, okay. And, um, but actually, basically, he, he was the most, I found it the most perceptive conversation. He saw through a lot of my defenses, a lot of my kind of, blah, 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 blah. and he just, and I was like cut to bits. And like, God met with me in that conversation. And I've never ever forgotten it. I did indeed read the things that he told me to read, and I included them in my PhD. And um, do you know, you've just got to be open. Say, God, open my eyes to your presence. Open my eyes to your presence. And the very last thing I want to talk about, just very briefly, is God's presence in brokenness. I, I have to be frank. I was very nervous about coming here. I, got, I, I was happy to accept the invitation. I was very flattered, and I was like, oh, this is going to be so exciting. And then I got nervous. I was like, Mark, you've picked the wrong topic, you idiot. Like, why talk about the presence of God? Like, ask me about, like, daily prayer. I can turn up and talk about daily prayer. But ask me about the presence of God. I can't bring the presence of God. <laughs> like, what have I done? I'm gonna, people say, I want my money back. Like this guy, he just, he just showed us some, like, he just pretended to be a computer. And, like, like what's that about? 
I wanted the presence of God. I was really, I was bricking it. I was like, oh my goodness, what have I done? And I was there. It was, it was, it was carol service before Christmas. And I was like, God, I'm in this great cathedral for, for this carol service. I'm like, God, I've, I've made a stupid mistake. I, I feel totally lost. And then they were reading about Mary. I was like, do you know what? All you need to do is say yes. You, God's is the presence. And you just say, God, here I am. I've got nothing. I've got my body and I've got my yes. And that's what Mary did. And there's this deep theme in Scripture of God's presence in our brokenness when we bring nothing and we don't feel it and we don't make it happen and it's not all shiny and brilliant, but the presence of God. You want the presence of God? You look at Mary, yeah? She carries the presence of God. And she carried the presence of God because she just came and she said, let it be to your servant according to your word. That's all I've got. You look at Paul who three times said, you know, take the thorn out of my flesh, God. And God said to him, my power is made perfect. In, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Because when I am weak, the power of the Almighty overshadows me, which is actually the next word in the dictionary to what, what Mary was told. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. When you are weak, when you are broken, when you feel you've got nothing, the power of the Almighty overshadows you. Don't think that presence is the opposite of brokenness. But God wants to fill your brokenness with his presence. I have a final quote to read out and the thing, and then we need to pray. So I was reading about this the other day. There's a guy who goes to our college, actually, who's written a book, and he writes about this. I've, I just felt I should include this in the talk. It go, the quote goes like this. On one occasion, I'd been working for an organization for a number of years and had an increasing sense that my time of employment was drawing to a close. He's writing to a book. He's being terribly polite here. This was not my preferred option. <laughs> Others within my department had been made redundant. Working relationships had become edgy, sometimes toxic. After a period of six months, it became clear that my work was no longer required. I can hardly describe the sense of pain and rejection I felt, hurt mixed with anger. For a period of two years, I first learned how to forgive those who would hurt me, praying God's blessing on their lives and releasing them in forgiveness. I sought to look for any redeeming aspect of the redundancy, and there were some. Over that time, I spent all my devotions in the Psalms. This was a tremendous comfort to me as I experienced the presence of the Father in my dark place. That's why I wanted to read it to you. Through the, fear, through the redundancy process, I fell out of my depth, outnumbered and outgunned. At the time, I could only feel pain, but the Father promised his presence with me. I just believe that is for some people this morning. At the time, I could only feel pain. But the Father promised his presence with me. In this process, the fear of not having sufficient started to subside. I began to trust him for our needs. That's where I want to land this, folks. There is nothing that the presence of God cannot fill. And sometimes we need to invite God into those places of our lives where we feel lost and broken and hurt. And I think God's, we know God's already been saying this this morning. 
so that we can know that he is with us. He is with us so that it might really be true to say, where can I flee from your presence? Where can I go from your spirit? If I go up to the heights, you're there. If I go down to the depths, you are there with me. And I just believe he really wants you to know that this morning. Uh, we need to finish. I wonder if we could just stand and pray and just take a few moments to... We've got a break coming up. I just want to pray and, and ask God to just come and bless us. And then I don't know, maybe, maybe there'll be some praying continuing. And I know people will need to go and get a coffee and everything. So I just wanted to get this space. I just want to invite us just to maybe open our hands or whatever it is to be open to God and say, come. Come, Lord. It's all yours. It's all yours. You've, you've claimed it in Jesus Christ. You've made it your own. You have made us your own. And we just pray now, by the power of the Spirit, you would give us the grace to say a simple prayer, which is just come and fill me with your presence. And God, don't just let it, don't just let it sprinkle on the top of my head. Fill me up from the very depths. just encourage you to pray that in your own way in the quietness come and fill me up don't let there be a place where you're where that water doesn't flow don't let there be a place that doesn't know your presence I do, I just believe that as, as, as we've been worshipping this morning and hearing some words about this already spoken, some of us have come in with heavy bags, heavy, heavy bags, and God just wants to say, do you know what? I'm going to give you a garland instead of ashes. I'm going to put a crown on your head. I'm going to give you something. You need to let go of those bags, and I'm going to give you something else, something good. Breathe your spirit on us, Father. Just for a moment, just as we stand, just as we wait. Just give us that simple prayer. Mary's yes. Yes. Let it be. I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it. But you promised. Come and live in me. Come and live in me. Be born in me. Take it all.